This is When Spirit Calls, and you on your journey are in the right place. This show is about magic, miracles, and meaning shared through stories, interviews, and channeled messages. We have so much to share about who you are and your divine mission here on the earth. Let's get to it. When Spirit Calls is right now. Welcome back, everyone. We are so happy to have you here to introduce our guest today, Nancy Showalter. She is the author of the newly released book, You Were Born to Be a Christ, But You Were Taught You Are a Sinner, Awaken to Who You Really Are. She's also authored the book, It's Okay to Be Rich, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Increase Wealth and Personal Mastery. Nancy is a certified law of attraction life coach, a spiritual teacher and mentor, and host of Spirituality for the Politically Incorrect podcast, as well as the founder of Quantum Life Academy. She is one busy lady, isn't she? And over the last 30 years, she's taught spiritual development and personal development and conducted leadership training in the U.S., Canada, Latin America, and Europe. Nancy currently speaks and conducts seminars and one-on-one client mentoring to help ordinary people discover their extraordinary potential to transform their personal and professional lives. She brings creativity and a unique integrated perspective to her clients and audiences who find her mentoring and presentations to be both practical and personally transforming. So excited to have Nancy. Please help me welcome her to our podcast today. Welcome back, everybody. We are so excited to be here. You've learned a little bit about our guest today. The beautiful Nancy Showalter is here. Hello, Nancy. Hi, Deanne. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be with you today and share a little bit more about who you are and what divine wisdom you have to share with the world today. So we're going to get things started off as we usually do. I always love to hear a little bit of the backstory about my guests. And so, Nancy, why don't you share a little bit about your backstory? You know, what brought you to where you are today? Let's hear that. Well, I always like to say, and I jokingly say, but not so jokingly, that I was born with the mission. (laughs) I just felt as a very young age that I had something to do with the people of the world. And I remember saying to my mother one time when I was quite young, under 10. And and I said, can't you just feel the pain of the people in the world? Mm. And she looked at me and she said, no. (laughs) But but that, you know, that's just, I think my nature is certain sensitivity. So I was raised a Catholic. I went to Catholic school. And, but then in my high school years, I started exploring other, you know, I went to different religions, even as a child, I went to uh, some Bible school with my Protestant uh, friends, which the church didn't like very well, but um, it, it helped broaden my whole scope, you know, of of how, you know, you look at life. And so, and then I, st- I have studied the Eastern teachings, uh, Buddhism and uh, Taoism and, you know, different um, different lines of thought. And then most recently, uh, for a good portion of my adult life, the um, 
I am teachings by the ascended masters and their messengers and such over that period of time. So uh, that has been my in-depth study of the spirituality. And that's where I did most of my work and still do uh, coaching spiritually. Um, I'm also a uh, certified law of attraction mm. coach. So I've done that also. And I, I do have a podcast and, and I just finished my second book that I just launching. And um, that's, you were born to be a Christ, but you were taught you are a sinner. Awaken to who you really are. I have goosebumps with that. You were born to be a Christ, but you were taught to be a sinner. Is that, am I quoting that yeah, right? Well, you were taught you are a sinner. Ah, right? Yes. So, you know, Nancy, I, I find it so interesting because I was also raised in Catholicism and you know, started studying other religions and other ways of belief. And so as you're going on this journey, because it sounds to me like you just knew this, like, you know, some of us just have this deep knowing from the time we're born, you know, that there's a mission to fulfill. For others, right. there's catalysts in life. You know, at five, I had my near death and that was a catalyst for me of deeper discovery. Uh, when... When in your life was spirit really calling you? I'd love to know, you know, some examples of times or moments or experiences that you had in life, whether it was, you know, a, a parent, a relationship with a, a loved one, what that was that really brought you into like this space of there is more. Was there something that happened for you as like a significant catalyst? Well, I think, like I said, as a teenager, I started looking and exploring. And it was so funny because I didn't know much about Eastern religions or anything like that at that point. And I remember thinking, um, oh, I was meditating and I thought, oh, I, I, I get it. You know, we are here on Earth until we learn and we keep coming back. And then when we've, we've got it all together, we don't have to come back again. And I thought, oh, this is such a big revelation I got. And then only to learn, of course, two thirds of the world believes that, <laughs> you know, reincarnation and the, the whole path of spirituality. So that and then I, I studied yoga and I taught yoga and that the Hatha yoga, but also some meditation. And so then I, I did get into the um, teachings of the masters and at that point, then I did start having some real experiences. And so I don't know that there was one moment that was totally a catalyst for waking me up. It was kind of a process yeah. by which I discovered and then, you know, had um, experiences and meditation and different things. And one experience that stood out when I was, you know, in my 20s, pretty young, um, I had, as a child, I had tremendous, uh, tooth problems. <laughs> I had an abscessed tooth and, uh, you know, a lot of pain because back then they didn't even all the time give you any kind of right. sedative. You know? <laughs> and so, um, I decided I am never going to the dentist again. <laughs> and so, and I didn't for about 11 years. And then I was, you know, I developed a toothache and so I had to go to the dentist. And so, I didn't really want to, but, you know, I had to do something. So I was in meditation one day 
And I was shown how to transcend the pain of the dentist. Mm. And this was a lesson that was more than just physical pain, as it turned out. But I was told when you go to the dentist, you simply relax in the chair and you get very centered, heart centered, and then visualize a spiral of energy moving upward. Mm. And when the dentist goes to touch your tooth to drill on it, and I didn't have any sedative, you don't resist the pain, you move into the pain. You go with the feeling, I'm going to experience this pain to the fullest, and then you're going to follow that spiral of energy up, and you'll be above the pain. And that's exactly what I did. It's not numbing. It's not a numbing exercise. I could feel the pain, pain, but I wasn't in it. I was above it. And so, and I did that for many years with the dentist, but it also was a tremendous teaching for life. It's like, don't resist the pain. Don't resist it, but go through it, experience it, but just go right through it and go to a higher level. And then you can experience painful things, but you're not in the pain. You're not claiming that pain. I love this so much. And I'm so glad this led here because first of all, I I do want to speak to the fact that for you, it was just this progression and this process of evolution. And I think for a lot of humanity, it is that way where it's not maybe one particular catalyst, you know, and I tell people that all the time, like you don't have to have a near death or some big catalyst to choose God or to choose spirit or to choose the path. You can just choose it. And you did that. You did that so beautifully, just having this inner knowing and leaning into that and being curious. So I want to comment to that first and foremost, because I want our listeners to know that it doesn't have to be some big, you know, kaboom or some big catalyst, right? The second thing, of course, is this idea of transcending pain. And let's speak to this because I think our world is in quite a bit of suffering. And as you alluded to in your story there, you said, I could feel the pain of the world, you know, and I asked my mom, like, can't you feel that too? You know, she couldn't feel it, but you certainly could. And I think a lot of people, they block it. They want to pretend it's not there. You know, they push it aside. They resist it, which naturally causes a bit more pain for ourselves. And what you learned is a tool to be able to help you to move through the pain. And I think that if most of us could do that when we're having pain and discomfort of really seeing it as this channel or this portal or this gateway to something much more. I mean, when we think about it, we chose to come into humanity as human beings, didn't we, Nancy? You know, we chose to be here because we could experience time. We, yes. And we could, ex- and then allowing us to experience the highs and the lows. We wanted to experience it. And then we're getting to experience it. And we're like, no, wait, I don't want to experience that after all. Why did I choose to come here? <laughs> and that's right. one of the problems, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. But, but it's not to resist these things. That's the key. That's the whole key. And it ha- it has to do with fear too. We don't resist our fears. When you resist, you're actually setting up a tie to that very thing you're resisting. And it's more painful to resist than to uh, 
and I don't mean you dwell in your fears or you dwell in your pain, but just like the whole thing with the dentist, you yeah. move through it. You don't resist it. You move into it, through it, to the other side or above it, however you want to look at it. And then you can deal with it from that higher perspective. It's not that you're suppressing anything. No, it's that you actually get to see it, you know? Yeah. You know, you're an observer. <laughs> yes, you you become it, it. You do, even though you yeah. might still be experiencing the pain itself. It changes that relationship with it, doesn't it? That's yeah. what it does. It's saying, "I see you, and I feel you to the fullest, and I'm going to honor you, and I'm going to hold space for you, for me to just be in you." And I think that's that's adding to the key of non-resistance. It's saying, no, I see you. And, you know, avatar number two just came out. And in avatar, that's what they say when they're expressing their love for each other. They say, I see you. And I think that's what the pain wants. It wants to be seen. It wants to be heard. I mean, that's the whole point. You know, when we have pain in our physical body, it's that last resort for the, the universe, for spirit to say, hey, there's something there's something not going quite right here. Pay attention. And yet we're so good at saying, I'm not paying attention to that. I don't want to go there. Yeah. Again, I want to be clear that I'm not saying you should revel in feeling this pain, but you, it's a mindset that you're going to move through whatever the situation is. You're going to feel it to the fullest, but you are going to go to the other side. Yes, indeed. And, and work or the higher perspective and work in there. So yes, you feel the pain. Yes, you feel the fear, but you're not in it. You're not in it. You're moving. It's you've seen it's in you for the moment yes that's yes it. <laughs> we witness it and i well i think this is all this goes back to alchemy too because i think as soon as we witness it as soon as we say yes i feel you i see you then already that energy starts to shift like you said now you've gone through it you're on this other side and now you can receive all the value from right. that you know the learnings the lessons whatever it is we can see that so much more clearly from that other side so i love that i think that's you can deal with you can deal with whatever it is. Yeah. Some, you know, we have sometimes very serious issues, you know, in our life. And so this is a way you're going to deal with it from that Christ perspective, that Christ consciousness perspective versus the the human victim That's perspective. It. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that, because, you know, you obviously have been called by spirit to write these books. And so, you know, do you channel the books? Is it God that comes through you and speaks through you? Is it Christ consciousness when you're going through your book writing process? Because I, I think this book is so powerful in undoing so much of the conditioning that, you know, we have to stay in, sick, right. in sin and, and we have to feel guilty and shameful. And I want to speak to guilt and shame because I really think it's a big piece of this and it's keeping a lot of people from you know, stepping into their truth and having a life's life lives where they don't feel so burdened in, in that suffering. So can you right. speak to your book process and speak to maybe Christ consciousness as it relates to guilt and shame? Well, my book process isn't just meditating, but of course it's meditating, but I also research. The book has a lot of research and a lot of different things to 
uh, from different, from psychological perspectives, from different perspectives to support the spirituality, a little bit from quantum physics, you know, that kind of thing, everything's energy and, you know, these kinds of points. So a lot of things do come together to support the spiritual aspects. I focus a lot with scripture as well as these other things I'm saying, the other sources and my own inspirations and such, teachings from masters that have come forth and drawing and putting it all together. But one of the main focuses in the book to begin with is saying that this great awakening began, we're in the middle of it, but it began with the incarnation of Jesus Christ and offering people to say, it doesn't matter if you're Christian, doesn't matter what religion you are, it doesn't matter if you're not a religion, but just set things aside and take a look at this incarnation and what it actually meant. It meant we have an example right in our face of what it means to be the Christ and what it means to be in human condition and how that outpictured. And what does it mean to be the Christ and that that consciousness and also to be able to challenge darkness and unreality as it exists? So this is a very important thing. So I do talk about a lot of the scriptures and different things, but not just that, that. But there's a portion, you know, a chapter or so on this of how important it is for us to recognize that if you look at the scriptures, if you do happen to be Christian or looking at the biblical scriptures, but I quote things from Buddhism and different things too, you know, and um, it said we're made in the image and likeness of God and male and female, he made us. And in the beginning was the word and the word is I am. God said, that's his name. He told Moses, that's my name. I am that I am forevermore. So when we when God speaks, I am, an individualized identity of him comes into existence. And that's us. And, you know, God's only begotten son is the Christ. And just as God duplicates himself over and over in his creation, he's duplicating also that Christ within. And we come into the physical plane. I happen to believe that prior to what's recorded as the fall of man, there were Christic actual incarnations of souls that never fell into this relative good and evil, but stayed in their pure consciousness. And then with the fall, that's when the Christ consciousness, we separated from it. Right. we were originally, that is our identity. And so the mission of Jesus, he also came to restore the sons and daughters of God to their rightful place as sons and daughters of God. He said, you can do these things and greater if you follow me, not as a little puppy runs after the master, but follow me by becoming as I am. And yes, there's only one son of God, Christ, but it's multi- it's reproduced in all of God's children. And so it's claiming that Christic consciousness. And you can call it whatever you want. If someone's a different religion, you'd, you know, it's also referred to as the higher mental body. That, yeah, that the, the higher self. 
crisis. Yeah, they, yeah, all the different, you know, uh, things that words, whatever the words you put to it, it doesn't really matter. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's that, you know, um, vibration and that claiming of our true identity and true. And I totally believe that this is important, number one, for the individual, like you say, with shame and guilt. And I have a whole chapter on sin or no more. <laughs> and, you know, realizing, yeah, we all have sinned and made mistakes, but that's not where we identify ourselves with. That's something we're working on. Yeah. <laughs> it's again, it's, you know, it's from who we really are. And so we are in the process of trying to uh, restore our oneness yeah. and uh, that we lost by separating into a human consciousness, creating karma, you know, and having to come back and learn and grow and all of those Aww. things that happen. So it's very important for us. You know, the hardest thing I think is to forgive ourselves. Mm -hmm. I really do believe that. It's almost easier to forgive people who have harmed us or ask for forgiveness for anyone we may have harmed, but it's very difficult to forgive ourselves. Yeah. And and so, you know, we, you know, how many times do these things come up in your life? Oh, you did this. Oh, you did that. You know, and, and there are forces out there that do like to give you those thoughts, yeah. you know, to keep you down. And so, so I believe that the problems of the world, the problems of the individual really stems from this not knowing who we are and becoming that victim. We're a victim. We're a sinner. We're, you know, we, we've sinned. Yes. Okay. So we all have, none of us are perfect. We know that, <laughs> you know, that that's not it, but to really be able to bring this earth into the golden age that I believe is meant to be, yes. we have to become our one with the Christ consciousness. And when enough people do that, it simply changes the world. It is. It is the critical mass, you know, exactly. where we get to that point and it's just a snowball from there. And exactly. I, love, I love what you're speaking to. I, I remember uh, for a while there, I don't know how long ago it was, but it was the question, what would Jesus do? Right. <laughs> what, yeah. Right. You might remember that. What would Jesus do? Sure. And, and yeah. I think that we are being called and invited to really ask ourselves that question, you know, how can I show up in a Christ-like way in this experience and that experience? And I think even right. just us asking ourselves that question in itself will help us to make better decisions. But at the same time, you know, as it relates to that guilt and that shame and being a sinner, you know, I want to speak to that because, you know, I, I was raised Catholic myself and I had a lot of guilt and shame that I built up. And you know, I, I, even as an adult, you know, I'm thinking back to things that I did when I was in grade two for Pete's sake and thinking like, oh my God, I'm still carrying that. Like that can't be good, you know? And I remember, right. I remember this very clearly, Nancy. I thought that if I felt really, 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 really bad about something that it would like balance out that karmic debt, you know, like the worse I felt, then that would help me to be forgiven, if that makes any sense. And and so I well, thought, yeah, because that's embracing. I had to punish myself, so it was like this self punishment. If I punished myself enough, then 
all would be repented, you know, and it would balance out the the karmic debt. And so I think a lot of us do this. And you spoke to that too, where, you know, we we're so hard on ourselves and we have trouble forgiving ourselves. And this is not to say that, you know, all guilt is bad. You know, I think that sometimes the guilt is good. It can be a compass for us to really do things. So we need it. But when it's hanging there over us, and it constantly comes back, getting us into that victimhood, that sinner mode that I, I have to self punish. Oh, my goodness, that's where we get caught up in this vicious cycle. So Nancy, if somebody wants to move through this process of moving into like, okay, well, how do I forgive myself? What are some things that you might want to share about how we can start that process of forgiveness? Well, I have a, I did have a, an experience, but this was after I was in the spiritual path, but in my twenties, again, I had this experience organically again. Um, I remember, I don't even remember what the situation is to be perfectly honest, but I was very deeply hurt. Somebody or something, you know, happened and I was crying and I'm not a crier. I don't cry a lot, you know, uh, over things like that. I, when I was younger too, I just didn't cry a whole lot, but I was crying because I was very deeply hurt. And I was all of a sudden, I once again pulled up and I was watching myself crying and feeling this. And I said to myself, if I go, if I continue this, I will be a victim the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And so the way I was guided to handle it was I started talking to myself while I'm crying. I'm talking to myself verbally and I'm saying, Nancy, I love you. I love you. And I'd hug myself figuratively and I'd say, you know, it doesn't matter if he or she thinks this or did this because I love you. I have your back and you don't have to be afraid at all. And that became a powerful technique for me all my life Mm. that I realized when we have painful experiences and then we come across this similar situation, what happens? We immediately that what I say is like the inner child, that child, that part of us, that is, you know, our soul, you can say your Christ self, and you can say your soul, or you can say your adult self and the inner child, whatever terms you want to use. But the point is, you're the adult, and you're going to have to help heal this child from the wounds. And something else comes up. And once again, what do we usually do? We, the inner child, we push it right out there and it's abused again, right? So it's learning this process. And this is how I do teach people is learning to say, start nurturing yourself, loving yourself, healing that child. It's okay. You know, we're going to get through this or I'm handling this. You know, somebody comes up and hurts you. And I just say, it's okay. I'm here. I got your back. I'm handling this. It's not your problem. Because you're talking to a portion of yourself that has been injured. Yes. I like to call call it mothering yourself, you know, to mother yourself. You know, 
right? You know, I had a client that was struggling. She goes, my mom's not here for me. And she was sad. And I said, well, have you tried mothering yourself? You know, we have that ability to do that. It doesn't have to come from outside of us. So I think that's such a great opportunity as we're moving through that forgiveness piece to come at it from the lens of a mother, you know, a loving, unconditional, Mm. loving mother and allow yourself to be your own mother in this, you know, just like Nancy, you shared this process of talking to yourself. So becoming the observer having a conversation and actually saying, I love you, allowing yourself to go through that in your mind's eye. So whether that's through a visualization, whether that's through talking in your head, doesn't matter, folks. The reality is that you can mother yourself. And in that process, what happens is we can have deeper layers of compassion for ourselves to find that place of forgiveness within ourselves. Because I think that's such a key. I think if everybody in the world forgave themselves for the damage they've done, the things they've said or didn't say or whatever it is, I think that that already would shift the consciousness so much in this world. Absolutely. And I I usually, when you say mother yourself, that's what I usually tell people is you become the parent. And what would you do? with a child who's hurt and, you know, crying and whatever. How would you love that child? How would you nurture that child? How would you comfort that child? And there's the other side of it. Sometimes we have to discipline that inner child. Sometimes, (laughs) you know, it's like, oh, starts replaying these, you know, uh, little things we create in our mind, you know, replaying the, the chatter in the head. And it's like, no, we're not going there, Nancy, no. We're not going there. We've already solved that issue. We're not going to repeat it. You know, this, you know, how we get that mind stuff around. And so, you know, and sometimes also, I mean, I'd go through my life and I, you know, be so busy and it's like part of you is going, you know, I can't do money more. And at that point, I speak to my inner child. I say, look, I understand you're right, but I need you to be with me to finish this. And then on such and such a day or whatever, we're going to do this or we're going to relax. We're going to, you know, do whatever it takes. And so it sounds kind of silly because obviously we're one person. But once you get a momentum on that, then after a while, you know, you are integrated and, you know, you don't have to deal with that so much in such a big way. This is what I also call building relationship to aspects of our being. So really what this is, is we're building a relationship with the ego mind or the child mind. We're building a relationship with these aspects of ourselves, building a relationship with the feelings that we have. Even it's all about relationship. And I think if we can come to that space and recognize that um, we're not, we're not that sinner that you, you know, you reference in your book, we're not just that we're this very dynamic being with many different moving parts and components. And so if we can begin to nurture and build those relationships within ourselves, that's really a space where the magic starts to happen. So I love that that's part of your teaching and understanding. And 
again, it comes back to being the observer, doesn't it? You know, that observer and being willing to have those conversations. So for all the listeners who talk to yourselves all the time, <laughs> you're probably doing something right already. <laughs> and, and recognizing the fact that we can say, I am, we are conscious beings. We're the only ones on this planet that can say that. Animals can be super intelligent. They can do learn all kinds of things, but they can't choose to change themselves to progress, to literally go from sinner to Christ, consciousness, you know, they can't do that. But I am, that is the place when you can meditate in the heart, because that's, to me, that's where the divine, that's where the divine is anchored, that spark of life, that I am presence is within us. And when that is withdrawn, then indeed the body is laid down and we move on. So we have that constant flow of energy from that I am source. And that the fact that we can say I am indicates that that is the name of God. And that is, we are manifestations of God. And we're meant to be that on this earth. And then we're all in our different stages of where we are with claiming the Christ consciousness and understanding and trying to be, you know, the best person we can be and and um, contribute to society, to the world, to our families, to our communities, whatever. But to me, this is when we're going to solve these problems and overturn various negative forces. And, and, you know, people say, well, gee, is there really such a thing as evil? And I do talk about this in the book. Well, in reality, no. In the ultimate sense, there is no evil. But right here, we all have free will. It's kind of like we're created in the image and likeness of God. We were given free will, and that's where our equality ends, because we have choices (laughs) of what we do. And so, you know, Jesus was tempted by the devil. Yeah. And he said, he said, the prince of this world cometh, but he has nothing in me, meaning he didn't have his karma. You know, he didn't have the the sins, as you say. But the point is, he he recognized, and I believe part of his, a big part of his mission was to come and judge those. Because even though you say um, Jesus was so loving and compassionate, everything, well, think about it. He overturned the money changers. He told the leaders, the Jewish leaders, that they were like sepulchers full of dead men's bones. Can you imagine saying that, you know, in public? He called out evil where it was because that was part of who the Christ is. So we, too, can not necessarily going out publicly to call out evil, but I mean, we can invoke light. Yes. Focus light into Evil, I like to think of evil as an energy veil. It it separates us from our higher consciousness. And then we act out in a in a you know very negative way or can make wrong choices. So we do have free will and we have dominion over this earth. Yes. And and God doesn't just come and interfere in everything. We have to invoke the angels, we have to invoke the masters, we have to invoke that assistance. And even our own I am presence in Christ self, we have to come to this dimension and let me be your vessel, you know, so that we're one again. 
I love this conversation. I think we could probably go on forever, but you know, I think we've given some really some things for people to think about. And I, I do want them to, um, you know, lean into this conversation and where it could go for them and their healing. But I want to bring a prayer forward. Um, this is in a book called Everything Belongs by uh, Father Richard Rohr. And you probably have come across this book at some point in your discovery. But in there, he has this beautiful prayer. And I'm just going to share it with people. Uh, and then we're going to kind of come into a wrap up here. So here's the prayer. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am be still and know. Be still. Be. Amen. Amen. This is such this is an invocation in itself. And you use the word invoking, which I really love because we're 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 saying, I am God. Be still and know that I am God. You yeah. know, we are extensions, like you said, we are made in the like image of. And so we are extensions of God, of Christ consciousness and coming to back to home. This is what it's all about right now. This is the big awakening that we're in the middle of people, this invitation for us to return home. And right. that sometimes people feel, you know, they, they don't go the path because it's scary or whatever. And that's why you and I are here, Nancy, to tell people you're not alone. You know, mm. you're not alone. So not at all. Nancy, um, you had some really good tidbits. Is there any other like tip tool, anything you want to share in terms of takeaways that people can have? I think we covered a lot of ground today, but is there anything you want to add to what we've shared already? Yes, I, I would like to add something. And to me, this is a, a huge key. And that is when you know with every fiber of your being, not just intellectually, but you absolutely know that the power in you within you is greater than any power outside of you. When you know that, then you are protected by that power within you. You know, even though you can still call for Archangel Michael, you can call for angels to protect you and seal you and, and invoke the, their presence. But you, you can resist negative energies. There's plenty of negative energies on the planet these days. And that is your power. The power in you is greater than any power outside of you. And when you know that, you don't have to be a victim. I love that. And I'm going to say it again because it's so palpable. The power in you is greater than any power outside of you. Ooh, that is good. Oh, Nancy, this has been so much fun. So if people want to reach out to you, if they want to read your books, you know, what have you got for them in terms of following up? How can they find you? Well, my book website is theawakeningnow.com. And there you learn more about the book. I have uh, three uh, bonuses, whether you buy the book or not. And of course, you could buy the book from there. So that's theawakeningnow.com. And my website then is also nancyshowalter.com, my name and .com. And you can get to everything on my website, on my personal website, you know, whether it's uh, my 
podcast is Spirituality for the Politically Incorrect. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I go and, you know, I, I just am launching a, a little series of five, I think, podcasts that will be coming out. First one came out on Sunday on universal laws. And I have three that I think are the core universal laws. And so I invite people, they can go to to the podcast, but you go to my website, nancyshowalter.com, and you can get to about everything. And if you go to the book website at theawakeningnow.com, you, you can also get to, you know, the address for my personal website. So uh, I would really invite everyone to um, take a look at the book. It's available on Amazon. It's available on Barnes & Noble, both the ebook, you know, the, well, whatever they go for, you know, I think it's Nook and, you know, the other one, as well as the uh, soft paperback. Beautiful. So it's available. That's wonderful. So we'll put that in the show notes so that our audience can grab those links very easily when they're listening to the podcast. Thank you so much, Nancy, for doing your divine work, for fulfilling your mission on this planet at this time. You are most certainly a, an earth angel. And I thank you so much for gracing us with your presence today. So until next time, we're going to say goodbye to everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Can't wait to be with you again next time. Bye, everyone. So happy you could join us today. And we hope that you found comfort and inspiration with wherever you are at right now. If you feel you received a gift in today's message, please pass that gift along to a loved one by sharing this episode with them. To continue this conversation, please join me at rosehope.ca and when you do, be sure to access your free gift by signing up for the When Spirit Calls newsletter. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon.